Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together twice a week and chew on God's Word, chat about what the Lord has been doing in our lives, what we're learning, hopefully to enrich your life. This week, we have the immense privilege, the weight of uh, just the opportunity here is I'm slouching in my chair. It's that heavy. We have <laughs> Lou Hines in the office with us. Hello, Lou. Hey, that's a lot of pressure. Chris. That's well. But glad to be here. <laughs> prepare your ears, listeners. <laughs> Lou is the worship pastor here at UFC. And I thought, hey, Lou, hey. it's in your title. Let's talk about <laughs> it. And you said, I want to talk about worship today. Yeah, let's do it. What is worship? Oh, man. That's a big question, Chris. K-Love, right? Air One (laughs) songs? No? No, it is not. Um, What is worship? Well, wow, that is... (laughs) I came so prepared. (laughs) You're a mess. (laughs) This is my job. (laughs) So, let's start macro and dive down. Big picture, what is worship? Yeah. So, when I think about worship and when I talk about it with those, you know, whom I work with and whom I train, one of the ways that I like to describe worship is is a response to God. Um, but we can't just leave it at that. I mean, because you see in the Bible, God comes to people and there's varied responses, you know? And so, it can't just be a response, but I think that's uh, a critical part. But a response to God in ways that he has predetermined um, that are acceptable to him. So, you know, in my mind, I readily go to Cain and Abel, right? And um, and Abel brought worship that was acceptable to God. Um, and, um, and then, as we know, the story, Cain was frustrated that his was not hitting the standard and so on and so forth. And he murdered his brother. Anyways, that's not the point. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. But the point being, um, God has pre-described, predetermined, told us how he wants us to respond to him and his revelation um, uh, in his word. And so when we worship, appropriate worship is is simply that. Saying, okay, God, I'm going to submit to how you've told me how you want to be worshiped. Um. And that's how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to create my own way. I'm reminded yeah. of, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to forget the names, but the two sons of the, the priest. Mm-hmm. And they brought strange fire to the offering yeah, and God one. killed them. Yep. And yeah. he said, regard me as holy. Yeah. And that's something that's been stirring in my heart recently mm. of, this is why we have to take this so seriously. The, right. the holiness of God is often a neglected topic in the Christian world. We kind of... You know, in our generation, we lived through the Jesus is my homeboy. Mm-hmm. Previous generations had the Jesus movement, um, kind of, uh, to my understanding, kind of a response to like rigid mm-hmm. fundamentalism, stuff like that. Sure. So, um, so there's that piece of it. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I'm somewhat familiar with what is called the regulative principle, which you, are you familiar with that much? A little bit. Maybe you could explain it to me. Yeah. So, my understanding of the regulative principle, and it's a spectrum, Mm -hmm. um, is that Scripture prescribes what should operate within the context of church worship. Um, Not exclusive to music, and hopefully we'll talk about that a little later in the episode. But um, using Scripture, using what God has prescribed as the foundation of how we worship, um, why we worship, 
the types of songs we pick, mm-hmm. any of these things. Like you said, we don't mm-hmm. get to decide what we're bringing to the Lord. And um, one thing that I think is probably worth pointing out too is that Scripture tells us, you know, whatever you, your hand finds to do, do it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, um, you know, big, big picture, this goes beyond what happens on a Sunday morning Oh, for sure. Or a, a Wednesday night gathering or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, really, all of your... And I think I think the language is important mm-hmm. because it's the same with church. Mm-hmm. We reduce church to a building. Right. We've, we've completely missed yeah. the fact that we are the church. Right. So likewise, when we reduce church to... <clears throat> or uh, we reduce worship to music mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. else, we, we've missed everything else that comes along yeah. with it. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, when I first started going to church, I just assumed that how my church did church is how every church did church and how every church has done church for a long time, which isn't the case. I mean, really, my position is a modern convention from like the 1970s, you know, or 1960s, like with the Jesus movement and stuff. And so, and we've really kind of conflated worship and music mm-hmm. um, because music became a really big and this type, this expression of music became a really big deal and a really large part of the service. And um, so I think you're right. There is this danger um, when we conflate the two and then we we only think, okay, I, I'm only worshiping when I go to church, when I'm singing, or like maybe when I'm happening, like, as you mentioned, Caleb or whatever, like mm-hmm. I'm singing in the car. But that's, you know, if you look at a biblical theology of worship, I mean, obviously, that's a part of it. And you see the Psalms, um, you know, it's a whole book devoted to um, prayers sung to God. But um, but really, when you look at worship, it's like another way that I think about it is obedience. Um, Like I'm going to respond in obedience. And you see that in like Romans um, 12, um, you know, uh, one and two of like, okay, I'm I'm responding and, and sacrificing, laying down um, my life to be obedient to God. And that is an acceptable form of worship. And so, um, you know, while I, my, my job here at UFC is primarily, okay, running the, the, I use the word liturgy, but I just mean service order um, for a Sunday morning from beginning to end and arranging um uh, those elements, that's just a small part of what I hope is going on in the believer's life from Monday through Saturday. And I think of what happens on Sunday morning is the outgrowth or the expression of of a life lived with God, in communion with God, in relationship with God from Monday to Saturday. And um, and then to expect to come on Sunday morning, if you if you haven't been walking with God Monday through Saturday, and expect to to come and I don't know experience something or fulfill your you know or make up for lost time, yeah, yeah, <laughs> fulfill your obligations. Like I, that's that's not how I view worship should be working. I, and God wants as much time as He can get from you, but I you know I think He also wants I know He wants that time Monday through Saturday mm-hmm. as well as whatever that looks like. Everybody's different, but whatever that looks like, um, you know, uh, for you and your life situation, that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, I just finished a book, and one of the kind of t- key takeaways that I had was this idea of not talking about God in third person. And so the way I understood <laughs> that was um, <clears throat> nobody likes being talked about in a room that they're occupying. 
like talking <laughs> Super awkward. Yeah. Talking about me, like I'm not here, like engage and, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes anyways, that, that can be, certainly be awkward for yeah, the yeah. person sitting there. And I think oftentimes we have, um, you know, we would probably most Christians who are familiar with this would, would mm-hmm. confess. Yes. God is omniscient. God's mm-hmm. everywhere. Right. God's outside of time and space and all these things. Um, but the way we actually live, think, and behave mm-hmm. has put him right back into a building and into a tent and into a space and time for sacrifices and for these things, um, mm-hmm. where we don't we don't speak with each other, we don't uh, read the word, we don't pray, mm-hmm. we don't interact as if God is right there, mm-hmm. and not even just right there in proximity, but indwelling us through mm-hmm. His Spirit. In working in us actively. Oh, yeah. And I think that can be a piece that people disassociate the gathering, the music piece, a subjective experience <clears throat> with the reality that God is actually present and indwelling you in, in a part of every single thing that mm-hmm. you're doing, which mm-hmm. should be a great comfort to Christians and, and should change their, their lives and their perspectives. You used a word, mm. liturgy. Mm. Liturgy. Mm, yeah. So a question for you. Mm-hmm. Is worship simply a vertical expression on a Sunday morning? Mm. Or, or, you know, we'll expand it. We'll, we'll yeah. use the working definition of worship as an expression of all of our life, sure. not just the yep. gathering. Mm-hmm. Is it that just a vertical expression or is there anything else happening there? Great question. In, um, in my mind, so people disagree with me. And that's I do. Yeah. I don't know about that's what a, yet, but I, I will eventually. Something. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, about this, but I view the the church service, and and I, I and I use this language in my prayers, and so and and sometimes in my prayers, I'm maybe this is dangerous, but I am trying to educate. I think what happens when we praise publicly is we do educate. So, um, I always use the language of we're here as the body of Christ um, to sing to you, Lord, um, and to praise you, but then to also remind ourselves of truth. I think that there is a you use the word vertical and that that certainly is that mm-hmm. um, because we are taking time out of our week to gather as um, the body of Christ um, and to lift our voices one to him and to hear from his word. But there's also this um, horizontal aspect. And that's one of the things that I love about the music portion of the service is um, we're singing songs and we're singing them to God, but we're also reminding one another of truth that we need to hear from time to time. And we're forgetful people. Um, and so it's, it can be helpful. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I want people to sing nice and loud is, is when we're all singing, it's affirming and it's reminding, oh, that is true. Um, like if we sing how deep the Father's love um, that's one of the things that I have a hard time accepting and believing. I know that I'm not the only one. And so when we're singing that, oh man, there's other people um, who are affirming that truth. Um, and he does. Um, he does love me. And and so that's one of the parts that I love about um, singing together, you know, is that mutual, that affirmation of truth. Yeah. So it's not just that it can be kind of awkward. I mean, it can mm-hmm. be a little bit tense for the worship team for yourself up there and and you're up there leading Mm -hmm. the congregation in worship and you get, you know, meager participation. That's certainly a piece of it. You're Mm -hmm. like, come on guys, like 
and I'm putting words in your mouth here, <laughs> but um, but you you raise a really important point that part of what we're doing in that is we're all standing together in community mm-hmm. as the body of Christ, raising up a singular voice, a singular message, yeah, calling out the truth about who God is, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. giving Him glory for that. Yeah. And and I agree. I think there is a sense of horizontal um, Mm -hmm. uh, effect there. Um, What would you say? I'm not going to, I'm not going to reveal my cards yet, but what would you say to someone who says, um, well, God is also at work top down through those Mm. experiences Mm -hmm. and those expressions. Yeah. Well, also a great question. And I would agree um, that there is, uh, a formational piece that's going on, um, whether that be the singing portion or the hearing from God's word portion, um, all those different aspects, even the portions of where we're just mingling and talking and you know having coffee outside of SDA. There's there is this aspect of okay, God is working in the midst of that, and obviously, I think one of the ways that we would all agree is okay. Yeah, when when Brett or whoever is preaching, you know, obviously God is working. Mm-hmm. But man, is there also this this part where God could be working in our hearts, in our minds, drawing our affections towards Him in the singing portions? Oh, I think totally. You know, and that's um, and coming back to the corporate singing because that's you know what I focus a lot of my attention on. That's one of the reasons I think SD has been great for us is because. At the farm, I loved the farm. I loved being out in God's creation. I think it was hard, though, maybe to hear each other singing. But mm-hmm. when you come to SDA, you're in that building. You can hear the voices. You can be reminded of truth. Like I talked about, there's that horizontal aspect. Um, but that is like a feedback loop, and it feeds on itself. And then um, your affections can be moved through your intellect as you are hearing other people singing and you're, um, you're thinking about and you're meditating on the lyrics and man, my hope and my prayer, uh, what I pray on Sunday mornings is that the Holy Spirit would be moving in the hearts and lives of those who are there and and drawing their affections towards them. Because, and I say this a lot, and maybe I'm sounding like a broken record, but we live in a culture that really pulls at our affections and mm-hmm. our attention in a lot of ways, from the phone to the TV to billboards to whatever. And I love the fact that we get to go to SDA we get to, on a Sunday morning, set aside time to allow God's spirit to work in us and draw our affections towards him. Right. Uh, to rework an adage, you know, if you're worshiping God one day a week, who are you worshiping the other six days a week? Oh. And if worship mm-hmm. is also a formative <clears throat> exercise, yep. what is that forming in you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How you treat people, the media you consume, the radio, the, yep. you know, all of the things, the books you read. What is that forming in you? And that's not a blanket condemnation on on Christian liberty or Mm-mm. or you know enjoying X, yeah. Y, and Z. Yeah. But there's such an intentionality, and I think that without, I think uh, apart from the understanding that God is at work in those things too, one could subscribe to the idea that this is just a rote behavior. Mm-hmm. And singing isn't really for me. Mm-hmm. And praying out loud really isn't for me. Um, or corporate prayers are impersonal, and that's just mm-hmm. not for me. Mm-hmm. With that expectation that it's something that I get to 
um, pick and choose how I participate because it's just my offering mm-hmm. up to the Lord, yeah. then we can neglect um, showing up with expectation mm-hmm. that that not only is this bring God glory, but it's for our good as well. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. it's a formative piece in our lives that help knock the edges off, like Brett said, or, um, you know, forming us in the likeness of Christ, helping us set off, put off our old dead mm-hmm. self and put on, mm-hmm. put on Christ. Yeah. So I, I think that those <clears throat> mindsets um, could be at the root of, of people's discontentment, maybe sometimes with church or, mm-hmm. or they go to a church and the music's just not for them because their expectation is, I want to, you know, uh, consume, which yeah. is something we've talked about before on previous episodes. Um, again, not a blanket comment, condemnation, but we all do that. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes to some level thinking, oh, I didn't really get much out of that this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. I do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I'm on staff sure. at a church. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so people shouldn't, you know, feel totally de- torn down by that comment, oh, but for sure. something we have to be mindful of, or we'll just show up with totally mm-hmm. the wrong expectations. Yeah. I think you bring up a really good point because everybody's different. And I think uh, God has created us. So, and, and then to some degree, um, how we relate to God or experience God will vary. And so, for example, my relationship to worship music has changed a lot over the last decade plus. Um, for me, when I'd come to the church setting and the worship, it, it was a very experiential kind of thing. And over the years, <clears throat> my relationship with God has deepened and matured and grown. And I'm not saying that I, um, that because of that, I'm lacking the uh, emotional piece. It's just changed. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you have an experiential um, relationship to worship music or you experience God in that way doesn't mean I'm not uh, insinuating immaturity at all. Sure. I'm just saying that for me, it has changed. And um, so, as you mentioned, there are times when you have to remind yourself of truth of, okay, when I'm coming to worship, um, I I have to make that choice <clears throat> 50% plus of the time to say, okay, I'm going to sing um, mm-hmm. during the song and I'm the worship pastor. Right. But realizing that it is a formational experience, I'm doing it because I love God, because um, I want to remind people of truth. Um, and I want my own spirit to be formed in that. But there are people who I know who love Jesus, and they've told me, man, when they come to the worship service, they participate, but it's not how they primarily relate to God. They mm-hmm. primarily relate to God by opening God's word and wrestling with his character. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Great. And there are people who I know who love Jesus sincerely and deeply, and they have a mature faith, and they come, and and it's a very moving experience for them. Everybody's different, mm-hmm. um, but I think you hit on a really good point of of the objectivity, the the formational aspect. Just like we treat prayer, or just like we treat scripture reading, it is a practice. It mm-hmm. is a discipline. It's something that we get better at, um, and uh, that we need to work at and grow at. Yeah, I think that's great. And Paul talks about dis- disciplining the body, mm-hmm. subduing the flesh, and that is not. I don't know if that was ever. Maybe it was a popular opinion at some point in history. Certainly not now. Yeah. Telling yourself no or pushing through the discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not what I'm called to do. It's not my season. Mm-hmm. This job is not, I'm just not passionate about it. Yeah. We kind of have a culture of do what feels good. Mm-hmm. And back to the discipling piece, informing, that's yeah. where that's the message we're receiving. Yeah. So I think there's a piece that says, uh, and Jarell and I have joked about this, but you just do it. 
You just do it. Yeah. And it's not dry necessarily, but because it's formative, I think there is a piece that you can go, okay, even though my flesh, my emotions mm-hmm. are telling me one thing about this thing, yeah. I know what it's actually doing and I know who's at work within it. Yeah. And that is is the spirit. And we can't always rely on emotions. Don't want to discount emotions, but we can't rely on them. Mm-hmm. And and there are times when we need to act our way into feeling like we need to act our way into feeling a new way. We, and that just requires an intentionality and effort. And then uh, we, we pray and hope that our emotions will follow suit mm-hmm. with what we do uh, rather than waiting the opposite for, oh, I'm, I'm waiting to feel a certain way and then I'll act. If I, if I did that with my marriage, would not be good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, uh, and I'm married to an amazing woman. And so it's, but we all make the decision. I'm okay. I'm going to love my spouse today, mm-hmm. and um, regardless, in spite of maybe what I feel, right? So, yeah. yeah. And you you ought to be doing exercises to facilitate yeah. that affection yes, in you, totally. Because nothing <clears throat> else is going to do that for mm-hmm. you, except your spouse. You know, they're mm-hmm. hopefully going to pursue you and sure. and try and generate affections yep. in your heart towards them, but. Yeah, I think by that same logic, it's it can be really dangerous mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. if we're waiting on that. So, totally. um, so with all of that in mind, mm-hmm. um, I just thought it'd be uh, insightful mm. to go into like the the intentionality that goes into like the songs and the lyrics and how you work with your mm. team on that because it is formative, like mm-hmm. you talked about. Yeah, it, it it does have to be according to the way God has described it. So share yeah. that just for the listeners so that they know. Oh man, oh, I've never really thought about how. Yeah, this happens. Well, there's there is a lot that goes into that. So really quick overview. Um, let's see. I'll just hit the highlights. Um, so I have um, a team with me that helps determine songs, and so for when I'm not just choosing songs. Um, like what I necessarily like or whatever. I'm trying to top 10. That's all you guys get. Yeah. And actually I don't uh, be frank. I don't listen to a lot of worship music because I have frustrations and maybe difficulties with um, a lot of it. And that's just me. So the irony, right? I'm a worship pastor. And uh, so I have a team and what we do is we, any term we are choosing um, 20 songs and that's the limit of what we will be cycling through on a Sunday morning. And the reason why we do that is because we don't want just a whole bunch of songs that people don't know. And we're like constantly trying something new. We want the whole purpose is for people to be singing. And so we're choosing songs that we think fits the personality of our congregation. Um, and we're just going through those 20 songs. And so then they change, you know, any given term, we'll cycle some out, cycle some in. That sort of thing. Um, but one of the things that we always look for first is, um, okay, what are the lyrics? Let's not even like worry about melody. Let's not worry about tempo, whatever. Like we're going to focus on what are the lyrics saying? What do they reflect about God? What do they reflect about us? And so because of that, we've actually made some um, decisions to choose some songs that were maybe more difficult, I feel like, for the congregation, the con- congregant to sing. Mm-hmm. But because of the lyrics, I thought, man, um, thought this would be really good for us. And so then we try it out. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We don't do it the next term. But so we focus on lyrics first and then we do focus on things like melody. So while we made some decisions to choose some songs that were maybe more difficult, um, we are still focusing on melody and we don't choose a lot of difficult songs because of that. Um, 
So yeah, first is lyrics. Do they mesh the, uh, theologically? Do they come from God's word? Um, that sort of thing. And then can people sing it? Um, so like broad strokes, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of worship music out there. And so we just try to be really selective, you know? Um, and then when you, when we, you know, I mentioned the word liturgy, which, um, layman's terms, just like service order. One of the things we try to do too is, are we communicating in this, maybe this is too much to get into at this point in the podcast, but are we communicating the story of Christ in the sense of, like, is there um, time for adoration, confession, um, thanksgiving? And maybe that could be a separate podcast that we mm-hmm. talk about. But um, there's, all that being said, there's intentionality going behind the construction of the service order and um, that sort of thing. So, Yeah, so it sounds like there's a lot of intentionality behind it. Yes. And I think that it's always encouraging to me to see how, how um, dedicated you are and your team and how you disciple them and, and make really thoughtful choices because Mm -hmm. it, it's got to be, and I've been on worship teams, but I've never picked songs or those kinds of things. I I show up and I play bass poorly um, to pick the top 10 Christian songs that everyone's hyped about. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you get sucked into songs that are just about you. Mm -hmm. They're Christian in, dressing right but they're really just about you the mm-hmm. person standing there in the congregation and um again that that could be a pandora's box open another time but for sure i've always been really encouraged knowing that you guys take that seriously and how well oh, yeah. you care for your team oh so, well it's kind of terrifying because we're putting words into people's mouths literally yeah in in worship of god right. which you know the flip side of that coin is blasphemy yeah so yeah, it's a big deal yeah um very likely that i'll have to stand before god for Song choices, right? And hopefully yeah. he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I won't hear something else. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not something taken lightly um, for sure. So, yeah, I, I certainly don't ever want to take scripture out of context. Um, but I'm reminded of, you know, the, the weight that is on a pastor mm-hmm. in teaching the word. Yeah. You know, and that not many of you should be teachers and, mm-hmm. and uh and leading people astray and stuff like that. So I think that that probably applies to some degree to what you're doing in leading. Mm-hmm. And and just a tiny little uh, thing here. One of the things you mentioned was the that the prayer is informative. It's teaching. Mm-hmm. And um, you didn't mention it explicitly, but I do want to point out that the songs you choose are theology. They are yes. teaching. They are... Yes. Um, intellectually stimulating as well as spiritually stimulating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just appreciate that there's substance there and that they're actually saying something that is true mm-hmm. and true about God and true about us and, yep. and what Christ did. So for sure. Any closing thoughts, Lou? Anything um, I missed? Not that I can think of. I okay. You're awesome, Chris. You've got the platform. Do you want to like shame our congregation and say, <laughs> sit closer to the front, <laughs> sing louder, clap your hands, don't clap your hands. This no. is the moment. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. What are you doing to me? <laughs> if you're going to guilt trip them, do it now. I prefer not, not to guilt. They're not in front of you on a Sunday. You have to deal with the consequences. Yeah, right. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we are so happy uh, that you guys listen to this, and hopefully, you laugh and you grow from it. So, thank you, Lou, for participating this week. I appreciate no it. No problem. We'll get you next time. All right.
Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 